that the man in the Monte Carlo put himself vulnerable by doing a cash deal with an armed 250-pound bald hillbilly. <laughs> so, there's nothing I love more than you and me and a wee-wee. Wildcast EM. Wow! The Wildcast EM podcast. A show about nothing. What do we got? An idea. What idea? An idea for the show. I still don't know what the idea is. It's about nothing. Right. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. <laughs> so we go into NBC, we tell them we got an idea for a show about nothing. Exactly. They say, what's your show about? I say nothing. There you go. If, if my face could make <laughs> had a sound effect, it would be a, a steam kettle boiling over. It gets better. Can I just get um, Woodford then? He said, uh, do you want it neat or do you want it on the rocks? And I said, on the rocks. And he said, yes, ma'am. I think soccer is just running with your friends, like golf is taking, <laughs> taking a walk with your friends. Any views or opinions presented in the Wildcast EM podcast are solely those of the authors and do not necessarily represent those of the University of Kentucky. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or blog. On shift with Matt Dawson. Matt, what do you think about the Wildcast EM podcast? It's phenomenal. If you haven't heard it, you got to listen to it. I've heard it's the worst foam ever, but I would say it's no worse than the second to worst foam ever that I've heard personally. I'm, I, I'm sure there's worse out there. I can't think of any right now, but I know there's got to be worse foam. There has to be worse foam. There has, there has to be. Yeah. And like I say, I feel like it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. I feel like I've heard it somewhere. I just can't think of any worse foam off the top of my head. Oh, that's good. Thanks for your feedback. If I knew where that image was stored in my cortex, I would take it out with a melon scooper. <laughs> uh, here's, to, here's to another Wildcast EM podcast. Burning sip. Goodbye, epithelium. <laughs> oh, that's nice, man. That's a phenomenal bourbon. Big sip. That that did not work well. Holy crap. Ah. See, I'm getting into it. It's, I've been here three years. I, I like it. I like it. I it's like good. It. It's really good. Now, now, if you ask the way that you learn how to drink bourbon, it's a little different when you're when you're. Uh, <coughs> we won't divulge what age, but they, they it comes in handles, and you and you drink it at straight out of the handle. Um, and and your face kind of looks like Bob Bodger's face right now when you're done. If if my face could make <laughs> had a sound effect, it would be a, a steam kettle boiling over. It gets better. Can I just get um, Woodford then? He said, uh, "Do you want it neat or do you want it on the rocks?" And I said, "On the rocks." And he said, "Yes, ma'am." That's awesome. <laughs> You gotta put that clip in there. <laughs> here's a, here's a little tidbit we might include. Uh, probably not, but let's, we might include in the not. podcast. Will Sanderson actually played our goalkeeper last night, and for the Department of Emergency Medicine at UK's soccer team. And that's great. And you did. did uh, it's true. You did okay. <laughs> so is is that like the least running 
Yes. Yeah. That's, that, I, I did not want to run. And, uh, and now, let me tell you, I, I'm I'm waiting for Dodie to show up because yeah. as Dodie has so, um, what is he? What is his quote? That's like bowling. Soccer is like bowling, is what he said. Will soccer, did, did you really say is, there was no running? Soccer is a sport in the same way that bowling is. You didn't say there was no running in soccer or golf, right? No, no, I mean, uh, there's a I'm ton not, of running. Yeah, there's a lot it's, of running. It's, you know, I think soccer is just running with your friends. Like golf is taking, <laughs> taking a walk with your friends. So I want to say it right here on the Wildcast. I have a challenge to you, Dodie, <laughs> to come out and play with us. Sorry? Next game. Oh, soccer. Got it. Yeah. And uh, maybe on the podcast, we'll come back and talk about how that went. What do you think? Sounds great. Yeah. Will Sanderson is the actor of the bunch. Thank you. Recent EM residency graduate and a new faculty member at the University of Kentucky. This educational monster is ready to make his mark in EM education. <laughs> and maybe he'll have more luck than he had in his acting career. <laughs> Cold. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Wildcast EM podcast. We're coming to you live from Big Papa Doty's basement in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. We're here with uh, Bob Bodgers, otherwise known as underscore EM, at underscore, at AM underscore educator. Hey, Bob. You sure about that Twitter handle there? Yes. Okay. Hey, Bob. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm in uh, Chris Doty's basement in his like master suite office here. It's massive yeah, office he has, down here. Uh, he has a desk facing his wife. Yeah. It's a little bit messy down here, but it's a great place. We have John Bronner. Chris Doty, myself, and of course, I'm sorry you had to listen to Will Sanderson do the intro there. I I was, we weren't done. uh, Welcome, Chris Doty. No, thank you. I I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here in my house. (laughs) Now, I got to say that Chris worked last night, uh, overnight, probably saw a couple of patients, right, Chris? It it was, it was busy. It was busy. We had, uh, um, I I actually signed out from, from Dr. Bronner, and I think we had 58 uh, admitted patients when when I uh, came in. Well, there's nothing to do on that. Did you get to take a nap during your shift at all, or take take some sleep, <laughs> get some sleep? There were exactly none naps. No naps. Well, that's there too were, bad. Because we're not very busy. I mean, you get to nap sometimes. And uh, also joining us, we alluded to him earlier, the recipient of the 2016 Cord Faculty Teaching Award, the one and only Jonathan Bronner. Humbled, humbled to be in your... Uh... In your presence, don't as you should here. be. Woot, don't. Woot. You're actually humbled to be in. Oh my God. As you should be. Uh, but just for the record, my name is not Bob Bodgers. I just want to clear that I'm up. I'm just it's going Rob on what people have told Rogers. me. We just call him Babo. Babo. That's man. what the that's what the interns tell me. You know, I've got thanks to Will, I have freaking medical students now calling me Doctor Bodgers. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a nurse last week say, "Doctor Bodgers, can I have some morphine for this lady in bed 63?" <laughs> Makes me so happy on the inside. Jeez. Uh, you're killing me. So, Dr. Bodgers, I don't know how to attest this note to you. You're not in the system. Yeah. I don't see a Bodgers here. Are you related to... Uh, What's your number, Bodgers? Yeah. Are you a new attending? Nice so to meet anyway, you. Um, so we've had a couple of episodes of the Wildcast EM podcast. We did the pilot uh, talking about podcasting, and then we had episode one, and we've actually had our first wee-wee. Yes, we, did we, did. A, we did a wee-wee. We did about Are a six-minute wee-wee. Are you I... Fine. <laughs> no, he's not. He's wearing an under a special thing the right now. Pull-ups. Yeah. Yeah. big boy pants on. Yeah. So we, we did a we did a wee wee, and I know that I don't know that we've talked about it, Bronner. Um, I know Dodie and I've talked a little bit about 
we did the wee wee in response to a comment left on iTunes. And I know there were some questions about, you know, like why, why we did maybe this wee wee. I thought we needed to address. So this person, I forget what the comment was on iTunes. Worst foam ever was JT the comment. Roberts three, JT Roberts three. We had a couple of really good comments. We had this one pretty glaring comment about, um, what was it? It's what pretty was the funny. Title? What was the title of the uh, worst foam ever? Worst foam ever. One star. Mm. One star. And one is the worst. Five is the best. So I want you to go look at the comment and read it. It's pretty funny. So but, I've looked at the comment, but and, I, and I've listened to the wee wee. Jonathan Bronner is an assistant professor of emergency medicine and the only native Kentuckian in the bunch. This little slugger is ready to knock one out of the park. Wildcast EM kittens start blowing a bunch of hot air. But I think we I think we put it into perspective, right? I mean, everyone's seen YouTube comments. You've looked at oh, internet message boards. So so it's one star. It's superlative in the worst way. Absolutely. Um, He's a grumpy bastard. This person. Yeah, so you, have, you have things on both ends, right? Is this yeah. is this trying to be foam in the sense of what of, do you mean? Are we trying to be foam? Is it trying to be foam? Is it is it is it Free open access medical education, um, and and I don't think that we're necessarily trying to educate. This is a, more of a commentary of the things that are happening in the FOMED world. So does it fit yeah. in the realm? Absolutely. Yeah. Is it the definition of FOMED? I, I I don't know. Well, we went into this wanting to be different with a podcast. There, Will and I've been talking. There are so many podcasts out there with with their their shtick. They have their thing that they do. We didn't want to be like any of them, so we we sort of set aside this. I thought a pretty clever tagline to the podcast were a podcast about nothing. And this, uh, this, this person on, um, who left the iTunes comment evidently believes in the fact that we are a podcast about nothing. But I wanted to just mention that we, we do have substance to talk about, um, mm. at least, well, a little bit. Mm. So, but we are a very free flowing podcast. We're sort of getting our feet wet, uh, discovering what people want, what our style is. We're trying to be sort of an interactive, almost like, you know, tuning into a radio station where a couple of guys, um, and hopefully in the future, some girls sit and talk about, you know, what's out there in the foam world. So we are serious about this. Would you agree? Well, a little bit serious, I, actually not No, but I, I'm making this a mission that sort of a jokingly making this my mission in life. We're going to please JT Roberts three. No, I, Eventually, I still we don't will. know why he hasn't come on the show. He, we I, offered. I, it, was we, op, it was an open invitation, and uh, JT Roberts the third. We have not heard from you yet, uh, so uh, the invitation is still still, still there. open for another five days. If you don't respond in five days, you're not coming on the show. Fair enough. All right, let's get back to this uh, this episode. Let's I'm get sure, back to substance. Sure, Bob. Let's get back to something for God's sake. Chris probably wants to take a nap in a little bit. <laughs> so for this episode, um, like we did last time, we had uh, Doty had his rant. Uh, what's pissing off Doty? And I figured for this episode, the whole episode would be about Dodie's rant. And Dodie's going to tell us what that is, and then we can chime in. Hopefully, we'll get some comments and questions from the, the Twitter sphere. And I'm sure, have we got any questions recently? Oh, oh yeah, but I don't want to talk about that. All right, we're, we're going to have time for questions at the end, do you think? Maybe. Okay. Okay, so for this podcast, I wanted Chris Dodie to tell us what is pissing him off recently. And I know, Chris, this pertains to podcasting, right? It does. It does. It's one of the things that uh, that that I think a lot about. Chris Doty, a.k.a. Papa's Papa's Pearls, is going to throw a knowledge necklace around your neck 
An associate from professor of emergency medicine and program director of the emergency medicine residency at the University of Kentucky, Chris is a tell-it-like-it-is kind of guy. Don't expect things to be sugar-coated and spoon-fed. Cause it ain't gonna freaking happen. <laughs> so, I think one of the things that pisses me off, and as I as I get further along in my career, I, I realize I'm, I'm turning into uh, like an old curmudgeon about a lot of things. But uh, you've, you've been there for a while, actually. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. I, so what what one of the things that I worry about is residents that look at podcasts as evidence uh, of their practice, and that really concerns me. So. This, let, let me give you a little bit of background to how I think about this. So w- when I was a kid, um, we would I would watch TV at night with my parents. You know, usually the nightly news. And did they t- have the? Uh, I'm sorry. Did they have the box one? Did you have the box thing where you had no, to walk up and? We had all four channels. Yeah. Was this when the family sat around and listened to the radio station? Or- <laughs> no, they had the they together. Had the, it was like a piece of furniture. No, I d- definitely. Oh, I had I, one of those. The big wooden box. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had one. Yeah, it was yeah. big. And the, and the remote control was just on. on on off you had a remote up, control up no we yeah. we, we oh. never remote we, we had we had myself and my brother yeah that, you guys yeah. were the remote control yeah. Chris, change yeah. the channel so you would watch tv you'd watch a nightly news and you know tom brokaw or uh, or, or walter cronkite, walter you, would, cronkite. you would see the person uh, up in front and you trusted that somebody had vetted that person that they know what they were talking about that. Yeah, they, it, was Brian, it was Brian Williams. Kind of, kind of cheap. Well, well played, sir. <laughs> so not just anyone could sit up at the anchor desk for NBC News or CBS News and and say what what they thought about things. There was a process to 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 buy into, you know, you having that audience. So. One of the things that concerns me a little bit is that any knucklehead, in fact, in this room, four knuckleheads that own microphones can create a podcast and put things out there. And it it doesn't particularly matter whether what you say is correct. If you get enough listeners and you're entertaining enough or provocative enough, uh, then you, you build um, a readership, so to speak, and... And that gives legitimacy to to what you're saying. So I worry about the peer review process of podcasting. And I think it happens. It just happens slowly. So it takes a couple of months for something to come out. uh, And then it takes a month or two for people to respond to that and maybe send comments back to um, the editor or the maker of the podcast. And then maybe they respond to that. Maybe they don't. But essentially... If the if the editor of the podcast or the the person running the podcast doesn't want to respond to those comments, then then everything the podcaster said go, goes uh, sort of unchecked. Um, now Twitter is a little different. I'm I'm sort of new to Twitter. I just got a thousand followers. Yay. By the way, it's well, a big, yeah. big timer. And I I was I was forced into Twitter by Haney Malamut, quite frankly. But um, but basically. Um, if I tweet something that people disagree with, then within about five minutes, there's uh, people jumping a, a all over thousand you. people yeah. that uh, will say something. So I think Twitter is peer review in a lot of ways, but podcasting it doesn't have that, and especially if the editor doesn't want to be challenged. So what I worry about is when I work with residents and they say, "Hey, you know, 
I think it's really good if we use push dose pressors with this patient. And I sort of think, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure that that's going to work with this patient, but because they heard it on one podcast or another, um, it, that seems to be evidence. And, uh, I think, I think that what people should do is listen to the podcasts and, uh, and go out and read that evidence and think about it and do some, some review on their own. Uh, but I think that's often not what happens. I yeah. think, uh, people just take it as, as gospel because, you know, this podcaster who has whatever, you know, X number of followers or downloads or whatever it said it. This is, this is a good, this is a good, you know, we talked in the last episode about multimodality learning for, for the modern learner. I guess my question is, is there a way to kind of validate in our own way the people that we should be listening to? Who yeah. are the experts in the field? Because your traditional academic journals have had people rise to the top and become editors and, you know, what their word is on their specific topic is gold. Are there people in the podcasting world that have become that? Yeah, I, yeah, that, I think a great point. But, but, yeah. even, but even the ones that have become respected and, 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 um, and sort of the, the, the top of the food chain – even there, uh, you don't have the same because it's in the podcast format. It's it's more difficult to provide immediate feedback, like you would have with a tweet or something similar, where you can respond immediately and, and have a discussion. You don't have that just just by virtue of the of the of the medium itself. Well, how much crazy stuff are podcasters telling people to do? I mean, I mean, well, it's not it's not that it's necessarily crazy. It's that it hasn't necessarily been vetted. I mean, who's making? Uh, uh, Who's actually coming up with this content? Where did they read it? Did they uh, um, critically appraise an article before it actually uh, went to to press, so to speak, in, in their show? Um, and, and I think that's the issue. Now, if it was five years ago and it was uh, EMRAP, uh, that would have been a you know that, that that's sort of one of those things because of of how big it is uh, and and how big it's become. There is some feedback. People provide feedback. And, uh, and and they have corrections in the next episode, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But, well, I think MRAP has some element of peer review, e- even if it's only one person. You right. know, I think Stuart Swadron and Mel Herbert look at what at what the lectures are, and then they have commentary that puts it in in context. So, yeah, because they actually do relatively few segments themselves nowadays, right. as compared to before. Who's, yeah. who's also like taking the information and using it in a clinical setting. If Dr. Right. Bodgers here listens to M. Crit mm-hmm. and takes, you know, some of the thought leading things that come from there that eventually do be, come into practice, it's a little different because you have a background of practicing medicine right. for a right. long time. If my six month into residency intern right. takes the same thing with no foundational knowledge and only a, a small amount of clinical experience, I think that's that's where you're going, Chris. Yeah, that, right? Well, I think M- MCrit is a good example because mm-hmm. there's there's not a lot of wrong stuff there. I mean, what Scott says is right, but it's also differ- difficult for um, for this this six month intern to put that into context and mm-hmm. to understand how important what Scott's talking about, which is probably some high level critical care stuff, uh, into their practice. And how much do you listen to podcasts about? Reboa and ED ECMO as, as opposed to um, stuff about epistaxis. And one of the things that can come up, especially with that, is, is, is an intern coming in. They've listened to the show on DSI. Yeah, I was going to They're ready DSI. to do DSI, and they don't have suction set up. 
uh, they don't have a backup. Well, airway. they don't know what RSI is. Yeah, first. Exa- exactly. So, 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 so they feel like, well, I've listened to the show. Uh, I, I know all there is, and this is cutting edge stuff. Yeah, and I actually had a a resident in Maryland. He had, it was right at the end of intern year, so it was almost a second year, who came up to me and wanted to do DSI on a patient that had just been brought in. This was years ago when Scott had just started talking about it. And now I think a lot of people, I've done DSI probably 20 times, and I, I think it actually works for the right patient. Yeah, it's a great but modality. I, but I remember right at that time looking at the intern in the face thinking, I don't know what the hell, I didn't know what DSI was. I hadn't heard him talk about it. You know, I heard it maybe a week or two later, but it was fresh. This intern clearly had heard someone talk about it and Scott talk about it. But it was an, I, rem, I remember distinctly it was an uncomfortable feeling as an attending having a learner who really, I think, should be worried more about, like you mentioned, suction, oxygen, basic stuff, wanted to do DSI. So I, it, definitely our learners are going to are coming to us all the time with this new stuff. But I would, I would challenge all of you. How many of you have done something recently on a shift in the last month that was new to you that you learned on a podcast? Doesn't have to be like an invasive thing, but oh yeah, but like I, you know, like recently with converting SVT, there was this trial where you pick up their legs, and um, in the last couple of years, I know on Michelle Lynn's blog, they were talking about mixing adenosine with the flush so that you don't have to flush after you push the adenosine. So all these little pearls and pitfalls that come out in the foam world, I, I personally think we're experimenting with these things all the time. I don't. Am I wrong about that? No, I I, I think you're right. I I'll, I'll not to cut you off here Chris but if we were talking about this this interplay between the entertainment value and the access and easy access of the media versus traditional evidence-based science and medicine where where do those things meet up and what's the balance and just to transition to another podcast that I think is fantastic and tries to play on that is is uh Death Gym right the skeptic's guide to emergency medicine because the goal there is pretty straightforward Let's be skeptical about the things that we're looking at, and let's take the knowledge translation time down from whatever it was, five, ten years when you would wait for things to come out in a journal to make in your everyday practice to looking at these things now and seeing if they, if we can validate them in our own practice and, and make it go in one year instead. Yeah. Um, there's been such an explosion of podcasts in the last five years. I don't know if we know where that where that interplay meets. Well, the SGEM is a good example. Of, 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 I think, doing it right and taking a systematic approach to um, clinical topics. But it's the exception, not the rule. Yeah, and your, your point about interns wanting to do things they hear on podcast when they don't really know that they should be prepping with oxygen and, like, the basic stuff. I mean, that, that happens. It seems like that happens every shift when I'm working that – Somebody wants to do something or they've heard about something, and, and when you ask them, well, let's back up a second and make sure you know about this, they're like, well, I don't, I don't know that I remember that, but let's try You know, Does that happen to you guys? I, and I think it's not all about trainees as well. I mean, we, we obviously work at an academic center. We have trainees, and I do think that part of our job as faculty members is to put these various things in context for the learners. And going back to what one of the things Jonathan said, um, it, it's up to the formal educators to help curate what is out there and find good stuff and put that stuff in front of your learners. I don't want to get rid of podcasts by any stretch of imagination. I love multimodality learning, and I think everyone needs to find different ways to learn, and that's probably going to help them. So I'm not looking to get rid of podcasts, but I do think that that 
for the leaders of the educational programs that that we need to curate things for people and then and then faculty members need to put things in context for the learners and then when you get out of academics um i think it it's just clinical seasoning that helps you put context to to whatever you're hearing so you're right that 6 month intern really doesn't have the context to understand how important that is or what the dangers are behind this as opposed to somebody who's been out for you know several years and has a couple thousand patients under their belt you know you mentioned that takes a while to get feedback and sometimes podcaster may not post or respond to questions so the, the question I'll I'll raise is like where do learners get information from and there was a, a tweet that went out a couple of years ago somebody had taken a screenshot of a major textbook of a paragraph in a chapter on hemorrhagic shock, I think it was, it might have been GI bleeding, but it was it was clearly a hemorrhagic patient, and they had taken a screenshot of the paragraph on treatment. How would you treat a patient with hemorrhagic shock? And they had highlighted in yellow the recommendation from from a recent major five inch thick textbook. I'm not going to say the name of it. It was Tintinelli. It was Tintinelli. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks um, so, but but the other textbooks are the same way. Yeah, and it, and in yeah. this paragraph, it said for the patient in hemorrhagic shock, start by giving the patient two liters of normal saline. Period. And so, if we're saying, well, interns and residents should read the basic stuff, they should read the main. And when I was a resident, I read all the time. I mean, I read everything I could get my hands on. And so, if I'm reading that, I'm thinking, well, that's that's what I should do patient. Now I'm not saying that doesn't happen in clinical practice. The nurse hangs a liter fluid and you, you know, you type and cross whatever. But if that's what we think is the basic stuff they should know, it's crap. But I mean, you're, well, the you're stuff you're that's picking, in textbooks is not, not always, it's frequently bad information. Yeah, it's you're, old. You're, you're, but, but to be fair, I think you're, you're, you're kind of cherry picking a, a really um, obvious example. And there's only a few of those that come out, right? I mean, there's only a few things that are that, dated or that oh i i would disagree oh, I, I i don't know if that's true i think there are a ton of i mean that was a major thing you deal with on a shift to shift basis yes i mean i that if you get the most recent version of a textbook you would you would you would distinctly change the clinical course of a patient by following the most recent edition absolutely yeah so you know my clinical interest is in heart failure as, as you guys all know so um so i read a ton about that and and i have written two textbook chapters that when I looked at the previous edition to update the chapter, it was frankly wrong. Absolutely. Frankly wrong. Yeah, morphine and all the other stuff. Yeah, we morphine heard. and, you know, lace and some of the textbooks still mentioned therapy that. and nitro is like five chapters, you know, not five chapters, five paragraphs down under, you know, adjunct therapies you might consider. And I still that, think we're cherry picking. Yeah, but I, the most obvious and that's ones. where I think podcast fill in we we think you know we tell the residents go read go read go read and they read this wrong information sometimes. I think podcasts have the ability if you pick the right one and you have your your list of podcasts for your residency or whatever you do. Um, that that type of information can be used to fill in. The I think there are significant gaps in what we think are the foundation learning materials for residents, and I think that's where podcasts can fill in. But in all fairness, Will, I mean you're right. We are we are cherry picking a little bit, but. But those are two things that that aren't uncommon: hemorrhagic That's shock true. and yep. heart failure. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, speaking of 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 curation and uh, of of all of this material, how do you all feel about there being essentially one 
source right now online or one or two sources such as the air series alien has their air series where they curate the best of uh, um, foam and, and and basically try to try to vet it how do you all feel about there being essentially one group behind this uh, peer review well there, there is some movement in in, in getting a, a few more people to look at that sort of stuff uh, and actually Jonathan can talk a little bit more about this because I think he's um, he's sort of part of those conversations. But I mean, I think the air series is phenomenal and, and anything Michelle Lynn touches really is, you know, really great. That whole group at LEM is, is fantastic. But, but that's what, you know, the people who started that Eric Morley and Andy Grock and, and Nikki Joshi and, and really the, the entire team that does air there now at LEM, they were the people that, uh, that sort of started the first curation. And I think that, that it's great, but maybe we need other things. And I think there are other things that are coming out there. When you look at, uh, at like skeptics guide, um, you know, they're, they're essentially curating, you know, information about various things. Um, and they're, you know, their uh, other podcasts do the same thing. So are you in favor of a, uh, uh, do we, do we, do we have enough faith in this, in this process to say, as educators to say, we can just set it and forget it. In other words, yeah. uh, give this to our learners and say, yep, it's good. And not have to go through the process of vetting everything. Well, ourselves. Is this a modern incarnation too of delivering in, in, in the air series, I think more geared towards residents, uh, what we do with academic journals and do you trust where those sources are? Um, I've I've heard this phase with the boom of podcasts and the boom of FOMED described as the golden age of medical education. I think we're seeing a dynamic process. And maybe maybe what the team at Academic Life is doing and the the folks at Life in the Fast Lane who put out, you know, the week or the month's, you know, top articles and take a look at them, maybe that is the next wave of doing true peer review for for, you know, I still think, research. And, and Ken Milne would probably agree with this, I still think we need to be skeptical about everything and everybody. Every time these things come up, I, I still think, even if it's people that we have the utmost respect more than anybody else, you know, Ken Milne always says, question what I'm saying. Even if it's Michelle Lynn or, 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 or somebody similar, I still think we need to not, I think there's a risk in setting it and forgetting well, it. Well, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly, but if you look at the traditional academic journals, there is constant discourse about these topics that the evidence isn't completely clear. And people write it in, and then you have to wait for that to be published to see the commentary, and then the original author comes back and gives another set of information. Um, if, you, if you read the comments on some of these blog posts, you'll see that immediate feedback from the world. And we see that in Twitter it's a little harder to curate the entire discourse via Twitter um, than it is on some of the blog posts, but we're, we're all figuring this out. And and to be fair, I'm 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 playing a little bit of devil's advocate here, just because I don't I don't I don't want us all to agree 100 percent on this. Um, and and I think there's a place for being skeptical. I, I I'm I'm a, I'm a convert as much as anyone, but I but I still do think we need to, as with anything in life, we need to think critically and and not just. You know, say, well, this is the golden age, and I don't mean to put words in your mouth, JB. Let's 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 be skeptical for a minute. Is this is our podcasts, our blogs, Twitter? Is that is that going to 
usurp the traditional mold of, of training someone in emergency medicine or, or any field of medicine. It's absolutely not going to. I don't and know. The things, and the things that we're seeing are trying to find a way, and, and I think you'll see this develop over the next you know year or so, uh, some of these folks that are doing their own review and putting out their own kind of peer-reviewed process are offering it up as this individualized interactive instruction, which is the new term for asynchronous learning. But that's only a portion. That's only a portion of what we can provide yeah. our trainees with in a traditional model. It's you, not usurping, but, it, but it's definitely going to augment. And you, it should. It should. You, you mentioned Ken Milne, who is a brilliant educator and a good friend of mine. I love him. He's, I love everything he does. You know, when it comes to evidence-based medicine, I'm just not your guy. I'm, I'm not, you know, I know enough to know how to get through in my practice and, 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 read an article and know if it's something I need to be doing or not. But I, I think the potential downside, if, if you, and I agree, you should look at everything critically. I think if, uh, whether it's a resident or attending, if somebody said something on a podcast, like you should give push dose pressors or you should do DSI or I'm trying to think of something else I've heard. If you heard anything recently that, that you haven't done that someone was recommend, just, you can imagine like multiple, multiple, multiple things. Um, I think if you're sitting around waiting on evidence to support Things that smart, like for example, Scott Weingart, he, there are some controversial things he says, and not everybody agrees with Scott Weingart, but let's face it, as an adult learner in, educa in medical education, we pick Scott or whatever, Mel Herbert or whatever it is for which podcast, we have already sort of vetted who we think are the experts in X. So Haney Malamut, and if I've got an ultrasound question and I'm going to ask Matt Dawson or Haney Malamut. Critical care, I'm going to ask certain people, um, like Scott Weingart. I think we've already vetted who are experts in different areas, and we listen to them. And I honestly think we take what they say to the bank a lot of the times without truly getting into evidence-based medicine. I mean, if we're wait, sitting around waiting for evidence-based medicine to fill in these gaps, we might as well stay at home and not show up yeah, for our shifts. Yeah, but that's a slippery slope. No, uh, absolutely. And I'm not suggesting blindly say blindly do what Scott I think says. You, I or, think you are, though. I think you're saying... I, I think we have to have faith that they have vetted. And this is controversial. I mean, we've we've talked about this a little bit before. They're doing the groundwork. Scott Weingart gets, you know, probably 50 journals and reads all this stuff and does all this ground uh, groundwork in critical care. I, I trust what he says. Now, you could say you shouldn't do that. Ken Milne would say be skeptical. And I think on the surface, I am skeptical, but... I, I, I admittedly, I've I tried push dose pressers at a time when he was starting to talk about it, and it's pure anecdote. But for those cases, it seemed to do what Scott thinks it does. So I, I think there are a lot of people who take what they hear from podcast and they they I mean, it's the it's the practice of medicine. They they do them. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I I personally choose my experts in in different areas and. And I, I take what they say pretty seriously most of the time. I mean, I don't have the time to comb through 50 critical care journals and, and wait 10 years to tell me that push-dose epi works or doesn't work. If a patient's, you know, nearly dead and it's, you know, in the peri-intubation phase and I want to get their map up to do something else, then, you know what I mean? I, I think no, I, I, think I, 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 I understand. I, I do. I, I, I think... Uh... I think you need to, to like I said, I, I don't think you can ever say you don't need to think critically. Uh, having said that, uh, especially in a field like ours, you can't, you can't 
read every article out there, and you do have to put some faith in somebody. I, I, I agree with that. We're, we're, we're putting our faith in people that have specialized, too. If you look at the types of podcasts that are coming out now, you see the pediatric emergency medicine people doing their thing. You see the critical care folks who have really taken this and run with it. There's pre-hospital podcasts out there. There's obviously medical education. Uh, the clerkship directors in emergency medicine just launched theirs yeah. recently. So we're looking at specialization. A lot of these are people that are writing the literature and submitting their work to to traditional venues, and they're talking about it also so that we can get information out and continue the discourse. That, that's why I think there's an interplay here between the educational value, um, the, the clinical value, and the entertainment value. Um, they all they all have to fit somewhere together. And, and Rob, I think there's an element of faith involved. Yeah, you absolutely. You have to think critically about it, be skeptical about it. But being skeptical doesn't always mean you – completely throw it by the wayside agreed yeah i mean i i I think you're 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 right in that we do we do have to have some faith i mean everything requires some faith i mean how how do you know who your father is right it's because that's who your that's who your mom says it is oprah gave me who's your daddy who's your daddy (laughs) but you know there there are there are some things we just have to take on but it's true on faith so can we just can you that's going to be one of the best quotes ever how do you know who your daddy is? <laughs> because that's who your mom says it is. <laughs> that's um, that's, that's a, one of my favorite papaisms of all time. So I just want to point out, and this is an audio podcast, but gentlemen in the room here, I want you to just look at Will Sanderson's socks. Will hey is now. wearing some um, gray socks with some pretty blue umbrellas on yep. them. Yeah, my, Do you my, like those? They look Canadian. Hey now. He's from Vancouver. He's not What's that Canada. about? What are those socks about? Nothing, nothing, nothing gets me going more than, than an American trying to do a Canadian accent by saying about. About, it's, not about, it's, it's, it's a boot. It's one of the funniest things. Any, my, my, my colleagues. Hey, hoser. Up, Shut up, you hoser. Look, oh my God. My, right now, the Canadian EM. Ice the, down the, the, the rink, hoser. All right, so let's go around here as a summary for this episode. We've, I mean, we've talked about a lot of different things. What, what's a take-home point uh, that each of you can think of for anyone out there who listens to podcast, either how to do it more intelligently, what to listen to, I mean, anything, just come up with a point for us. So I think if, if you're going to change your practice based on a podcast, go back. If you're actually going to change your practice, go back and look at the literature behind that and see if it actually makes sense. And if you're relatively new in the practice of medicine, talk to somebody who has actually made some bones uh, in emergency medicine, had some time and made some mistakes to see if that seems to make sense. You know, that, that good judgment comes from seasoning and seasoning comes from bad judgment. And until you have, you know, enough cases under your belt, I, I just, I, I, I think you, you gotta, you gotta put it in context. I, I think my take home point is that being early, being early in a career, this, this medium is here. It's not going anywhere. It may it may transform, but we need we need to embrace rather than eschew it, and and learn how to cultivate it as good evidence based practice. Willie, Willie Sanderson, Hollywood. Just like we tell podcasters that they should know their audience, I think as a podcast consumer, you need to know uh, what you're consuming and uh, know that it's appropriate for your stage of training. So uh, if you are a third-year medical student, then uh, Weingart stuff uh, is probably not quite right for you yet. Yeah, that's a great point. 
Bobo, what's oh your God. pearl? Bobo, Bob Bodgers. Um, I, I think what I would recommend to listeners is to start cultivating your personalized learning network. Um, Swami gives gives a really great talk on how to use Twitter to develop your your network. Like, who do you learn critical care from? Who do you learn ultrasound from? Who do you learn cardiology from? Probably Amalma too. And as you develop and 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 grow as a physician, and even for residents, start to develop that network. Who is going to be your go to person or or people? for a particular topic. And, and I think, you know, the, the series that Alien's done is, is wonderful, but I think we all have our own personalized uh, series where we, we, we cultivate and we go through who are the experts in the, the areas we follow and just keep cultivating, working on who you want to listen to. And I think over time you'll, you'll realize who are the people you really can trust with information they provide on podcast. doesn't mean you shouldn't go look at the literature. It doesn't mean you should follow what they say blindly, but I think that the I think the reality is in a busy world, especially a, a digital world that is you know, we're bombarded with everything, we don't have the time to do some of those things. And I think we trust and rely on certain people to color our own practice. And so I think it's a daily thing. You you just have to work on it and and over and over refine your list. Uh, and that's for me personally the list that I've developed. That that's that's my list. Those are my go to people for certain topics. And, um, I think it's okay in, in, in many settings to literally, I mean, you gotta be careful. You don't want to just, you know, rush in and do something like ECMO. And when you're not certified, I've never done it, but I think there's a good number of things we hear on podcasts that I think it's perfectly safe to go practice some of these things during your shifts, things that we know probably work, probably not harmful. For example, the SVT maneuver where you raise the patient's legs off the bed, you know, does that work? I've used it a few times and it didn't work. It's not harmful. So those little things that I'll, I'll cultivate from different uh, podcast experts, I'll, I'll try and, and see if they work on shifts. I, I, th I think just keep practicing, practicing and, and make your list and cultivate it. Are you saying you should think critically? Always think critically. Well, I'm glad I asked because that's a phenomenal pearl. Like personalized learning networks, that, that is a, that is a, a great pearl. And I think you're absolutely right. You, you do Thank develop you. people that that you trust um, your own personal David Brinkley or Tom Brokaw. And maybe, maybe or Bobo. as we refine this podcast, maybe we can be part of someone's personalized learning. That was someday. the worst thing you've ever said. Bobo. <laughs> and with that, we end JT Roberts, the third, that was substance. That now, was full. It's JT Roberts three. You don't know it's the th like That's he's a fine, third. Whatever. Okay. It was the third JT one. Roberts three. Right. JT Roberts three. We're working on this for you. We yeah. will achieve. We're waiting on you. We we will achieve greatness. Bobo wants you to please you. Bobo, Bobo. Time to go. To me, pod, the problem with podcasting it's like reading the abstract on a paper and then acting on it. Hmm. And that is dangerous. And it's reading someone's interpretation of the abstract. Yeah, that's true.